Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You're going to put your focus back on me? That's about it. Okay, so your focus is on me. Focus is on you. Okay, good. I like that. I like to hear that. Is your focus on me? You complete me. And this podcast. You complete me. Yo, yo, yo. What's up? It's Monday morning. Week 12 is in the books, and our focus is on the NFL Football League, which I don't think sounds right. We're just on the NFL. You don't need to say Football League after you say the NFL, right? I mean, that's already implied. National Football League football league. Yeah, right. It doesn't make sense, right? So a lot of that's say, where our focus is. A lot We're going to say, say it twice. That's how focused we are. <laughs> National Football League. Right. You, know, you can't make that play in the National Football League. No. Although I feel like that's gone out of style a little bit lately. Yeah. I don't hear that quite as much. Right. Yeah, you're right. Maybe not. No. But NFL Football League? Right. That's new. No, no, it's, it is a new one. It is. It's, <laughs> it's a dumb one is what it is. What's up, everybody? It's Chris Sims. We got a good good show to, to hit on. Hope everybody had a Thanksgiving. Ahmed Fariz here. Chris Sims here. Thanksgiving. Like, just had it. Not even I mean, a good one. I, you just hope people had one. I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm all flustered here right now. All right? All right? I don't know what it's going through my brain, but I hope you did have a Thanksgiving. Ahmed did have a Thanksgiving and enjoyed the Lions game. We had a little fun there, texting back and forth. But that uh, was a, it was fun a great game. game. That it was, was a great, great game. game. It was a great day of football altogether. It was a good weekend altogether. Uh, I don't know if I'm refreshed or if I need another break from the long weekend. <laughs> you seem all messed up a little bit. <laughs> I know, right? What the, what the hell happened to me here? It's like we started the show, and I was like, wait, okay, hold on. I got to get my thoughts together. Hey, How am I going to talk this? about the Open here? We got to remember right? that, though, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wish that around Christmas time, too. We what? hope you have a Christmas. I hope you have a Christmas. Hope you have a New Year. Thank you. <laughs> hope you have a Valentine's. Just <laughs> hope you it. have a life. Doesn't need to be good. Yeah, hope you have a life out there. No, it was fun watching the Lions on Thanksgiving because for the first time in a long time, I was actually kind of nervous watching the game yeah you know it was like yeah. it kind of meant something because if they win that game you're, right. you're a game below 500 you're kind of in the mix right there. right yeah. i was nervous it felt good to feel nervous again. it was a good game it was it was a lot of fun and yeah you're right i mean you won that game and all of a sudden hey a few things fall your way you guys could have been sitting there right on the edge of the playoffs mm-hmm. maybe in the playoffs that was really you know um Pretty amazing. I think we saw the same story there just to hit on that game real quick. Again, just too Josh Allen-centric. You yeah. see the Bills' offense at the end of the game. It does seem to run out tricks, and it's just him either scrambling or jamming a tight slant into you know Stephon Diggs yeah. or some crazy throw. The throw he made at the end of the game to get the game-winning field goal was insane. I'm sorry that you fell victim to that, but that's like only him and a few of the guys make that throw. Cowboys-Giants game was damn good. I think that kind of ended the way we thought. Cowboys are in a different class than New York Giants. Yeah. And then... 
we're still on Thursday night, and it's Minnesota, New England. Just to hit on that too is where I just go, man. Minnesota, they won. I don't know if I feel that much better about them. I don't know if they really outplayed New England. New England made some mistakes, but either way, it was a good day, and uh, that's where I'll end it. I drank a lot, yeah. I smoked a lot, and I Ooh. ate a lot. Oh, I did. Wow. I was in it's a coma for for the Vikings Patriots. Like, could not get off the couch. Well, you were watching football with your family. I was with the family. You yeah. were with your dad. Yeah. Was he like Johnny Host? Thanksgiving? No, not really. No, he just kind of sits there, and we serve him, and he <laughs> eats dinner. And so you go over to no, his. Man, pl- I want a dessert, dessert. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, he doesn't have to travel. You go over to his place, right? And then you all serve him. Pretty much, he's the, he's king. the king. Exactly he's the king. right. Exactly right. And then you know, between my mom, I mean, my mom and my wife, they uh, make sure he's always happy, and yeah, they're kind of running the kitchen and the goodies and everything else. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love Thanksgiving. Uh, it's just a total football. Which I guess Christmas will be a total football it will holiday. Be. It will year. be. Unfortunately. Because we'll be working on Christmas. You're going to be working? I think so. I think they're going to make us do a pregame show with nobody watching. Pete, you're working too? Okay. Yeah. It's I, the I, same I schedule as Thanksgiving. Nobody's going to watch a pregame show, but well, we're doing a pregame show. I'm going to put I'm going to put in for it because yeah. I don't want to have to get roped into this either. <laughs> good, good. I think I got something going on that day. Uh, All right, where do you want to start? We got something baby? going on today. Woo, 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 woo. And it is called... Football. Talking every National game. National Football League football <laughs> Talking league. every game. Uh, and we don't have as many because, you know, you just went through the three that were on uh, I didn't even mean to do that. I just that's figured okay. I'd hit it. A little bit of a – yeah. that's a little appetizer yeah, right. to the main feast. So we're going to go through every game. That's our, that's our pledge to the homies out there. We'll start with the biggest games, the biggest stories. And I don't know that we've ever done this before. I think this is the first time in podcast history. We're going to start with Damn Okay. Whoa. Yes. Damn. I'm Okay. Damn. Damn. Okay. Yeah, no. Motherfucking I mean, okay. Yeah, okay. The legal gambling. Oh, baby. I am Chris Sims. Okay. Damn. Okay. Well, that's going to be a problem. Damn. I don't, I don't think Kristen can bleep out during a song. Okay. We're going to lose part was of the, the song mic, now. Was, well, was, the mic, was the mic open? I didn't even know if it I really was. You, oh, it was open. Oh. Everyone heard that. Damn, that was well. good. That was a nice little, like, ad-lib into there. So it, the it reason... Made the, it made our buddy coming up the stairs <laughs> laugh. He liked it. Yeah. He's, like, back after a holiday. He's like, that made my day <laughs> a little like, bit man, better. man, you know? mother, mother, motherfucker at 1120. Wow. Yeah, okay. I'm already getting it. Wow. Two at now. the office. Uh, so our damn okay, we're going to start with the game that we had on Sunday night because it was awesome. We're going to quickly get into also our next game is going to be the Jets game which I think you're going to have to recuse yourself from I don't know that you can talk about that team <laughs> I like that, that situation so you, to, you had a you're so worried about that conversation I'm already you thinking had about a, it you had to go two games ahead just to <laughs> warn everybody that we're going there you're going to sit out that one we're going to bring Morgan in Morgan's right. going to sit here we're going to go over the Jets game when we get to that okay that's second though because we start with our game on Sunday Night Football we've had a good run of games here on Sunday Night some close games yep. this one was awesome because w- there was some storyline going in this was Eagles and Packers that Aaron Rodgers got the broken thumb he's all banged up and this is if they're out of the playoffs could this be the last time we see Aaron Rodgers on a Sunday night Mm. in a Green Bay uniform that's not crazy to think at this point Uh, so we'll get to all that stuff but let's give props to the Eagles who are back it was a close game I think at the end of the game, people were kind of saying, I was like, oh, they flexed their muscle and it was a blow. It wasn't a blowout. No, definitely wasn't a blowout. They had some misfires on defense. Right. Um, it had some mistakes. Had I some mean, mistakes. I think, yeah, you know, you, you take away, you know, you look, and then I know Green Bay made some mistakes too. Rodgers had the interceptions, certainly. I mean, we're not accustomed to seeing that. But yeah, I think when you take in the account of, what did we have? The Jalen Hurts, right? The 
fourth and one quarterback sneak that they did not get. Weird exchange. Yep. You know, AJ Brown fumbling as they were driving another time, and then the ball got returned to give the Packers a short field. So had some things fall their way, but I think that's what we thought they needed to happen if they wanted to keep the game close. I did not think like sitting there like, oh, if this game gets played, you know, clean on both sides of the ball, we're going to have an even football game. No, I always kind of thought, man, if it's an even, you know, clean type of game, the Eagles are going to win by you know two, three touchdowns. Um, but but Green Bay did hang in there and you know took advantage of some of those opportunities. They're just not. You know, again, it, it, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but it's it's you know this, I know this. They're just not in the class of the Philadelphia Eagles. But I was worried early if they were going to have any fight. The way the Philadelphia went down the I field, know. I went, uh oh, Green Bay might have gave up last week. It might have been it. They might have like packed their bags and gone, okay, we'll just be here and finish the season, right? I worried about that. Obviously, totally. you did too. But they did bounce back and uh, made it very fun to watch there for a while. Well, they bounced back too, and it was some vintage. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers too, that 11-yard yeah. pass right. to Randall Cobb. You're like, wow, yeah. they, this is There's looking Rogers. like there right. he is again. Right. Uh, so some big plays, but it was the Eagles. Our damn okay goes to Jalen Hurts, a career-high 157 rushing yards. 103 of that was in the first quarter. So that was the quarter where you're like, 80 of it was on the him. first drive. Yeah. I mean, And there was no one there. It was like he was well, faster than everyone. Right. They were blocking it well, yeah. but it was just seemed like the Packers had no answer for well, it. Well, it, 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 uh, agreed there. And, and I was literally, you know me, how I talk in the screening room of the game. I'm going, I literally, like, after the second run, I looked up at everybody and go, did they not understand who the fuck they were playing today? <laughs> like, I mean, what? I mean, he was running. It, it was three of the most easy runs you'll ever see. It was almost like, wait, what's going on here? Is anybody in the screen? But that's, again, you know, I think, hey, Jalen's phenomenal football player and clearly has stated here that he is, you know, one of the better quarterbacks in football. You're not going to hear me say he's, like, top five quarterback in football. That ain't going to happen, all right? But either way, okay, maybe he's on going in that direction. And the, again, just the all the issues you have to worry about with that football team it's hard to cover all your bases. And that was one last night where it looked like Green Bay kind of went like, we're going to kind of stop everything, except we're not going to have anybody that spit spy him or really worry about him containing him in scrambles. And, of course, that became a big issue. And then, of course, they even broke out some quarterback runs. Yeah. And it's just it's, – it's pick your poison with Philadelphia a little bit, unless you're a special defense. And I really think there is only a handful of defenses in football that can really give them problems and kind of have the answers to all the problems that they can pose for a defense. They ran for 363 yards. The easiest 363 yards you'll ever see. That, that's, what, that's what's amazing to me. You know, it, it really is. It, it's, it's different than, like – this is not Michael Vick scrambling where Michael Vick was playing in a drop-back pass offense and making people miss, and you're like, oh, my gosh, wow. Sometimes with this, it's just like, whoa, he faked the run here, and he ran around the edge, and nobody was there for 40 yards. Holy cow. Or they, hey, we pulled the right guard and give it to Miles Sanders, and nobody touches him for 20 yards. I, that's where I'm amazed by it. The first half was Jalen Hurts' show and all the plays he made, and then the second half they were just like, we're going to fuck you up and run up the middle. Raw. And they just, there's nothing you can do to stop it. It's, it's really impressive. I think we have some dots on Jalen Hurts' 42-yard run. It was the most on a scramble this season, Yeah. and no defender got within four yards of Hurts after he crossed the line of scrimmage until he got to the 10-yard line. So to your point, right. there was no one there. I, I, I don't... I I don't, you know, understand the process a little bit. There did not seem like there was a, 
you know, uh, an emphasis on, hey, let's not just go crazy in the pass rush. And then, like I said earlier, just not uh, an emphasis on, hey, let's keep a guy there. Well, right? Wasn't it supposed to be Quay Walker? It could have been. You know, I got it's a play I got to watch back again. I do think Quay Walker. If we play it again, I think he's covering Gainwell fourteen. So they're oh, in a sort yeah. of a man-to-man coverage, right? Yeah. So and because they have two on eighty-one there, that's where you probably could have finagled a way to get a quarterback. When you play man-to-man in this type of defense that you see here, you should be able, right? To have a guy and play quarterback spy. Well, I'm going to watch this one more time because I'm pretty sure it was a five-man rush, too. And you know me. That's why I'm not a huge fan of the five-man rush always. Yeah, I'm correct. It was a five-man rush to where, yes, that's a guy that you could have had there waiting for him. Uh, so you know, that, that, that was, there was a lack of a plan there altogether. But yeah. it's hard to have a plan for Philadelphia. And as we've talked, I think it's really, hey, we saw the Colts in Washington, but those are teams that I look at to go special defenses. There's only a few in the NFC left that I think can really mess with this offense, and there's only a few in the AFC. So that's where it'll get interesting. Uh, but the Eagles, the offense, everything they do, um, and it's amazing. And, and really, I think the thing maybe to look at if we want to beat the Eagles or look at little cracks in the armor and all that, it is the defense. The defense, you know, it's good, but I don't sit here right now and think, oh, wow, it's like the most dominant force in football. The statistics are really good. It's hard to argue. They've played a favorable schedule, as we've yeah. talked about, with offenses and stuff, but I don't get the sense that it's a dominant defense. I don't feel that way when they're on the field. And Gardner Johnson went out. Oh, I know. In that the looked, game. did not look good. Didn't I didn't look good. I wonder what that is there. It I know. Like a rib injury. Rib. He was stunned right I always away think of and... spleen whenever I see Oof. somebody get hit like that. You know, he kind of got like a uh, hip right right in that area. Um, but uh, Eagles make plays. That's the other thing they do. Even though their defense might give up yards, they're very opportunistic. We know that. They're one of the league leaders and in interceptions and forced fumbles and all of those things as well. Uh, so, you know, that, that of course, maybe covers some, some issues as far as the yards they allow at times. So you mentioned it already with Jalen Hurts, and it's like you do the top 40. You're famous for that. Yeah. You'll never probably be in the top 10 of, like, all-around quarterbacks because there, be. there are some limitations. There are some limitations. Maybe you won't be top five or right. whatever. Well, yeah, but for yeah. what the Eagles do, is right. my point. Yes. And it's like that's why I think the NFL is so cool right now especially is yeah. that there, there are a number of ways to win. Yes. And Nick Sirianni and what the Eagles are doing, with what they're doing, yeah. Jalen Hurts is probably the number one quarterback that the Eagles could have. He's a great fit for that yes and they've orchestrated around him you know that's where I give Sirianni and and Shane Sykin a lot of you know this this is not in their history to run this type of offense it's not that's not what they do these are a group of guys who are out there with the Chargers and Phillip Rivers and we're throwing for 4,800 yards and let's unleash it and and do all that and then got to the Colts with Andrew Luck and we're like let's unleash it this is awesome I got all these cool pass plays they're really creative in that standpoint but then they got to Philadelphia it was Carson Wentz Oh, wait, wait. Okay, wait. Jalen Hurts. Oh, we don't really like this guy. We want to trade. We, we, we don't know if he can really do it. Okay, let's start to put some plays around him that make sense for him. And now you're seeing what he can bring to the table. And, you know, again, he gives them a toughness to their football team and an attitude, too. That's what you can't really quantify with stats, with Jalen Hurts, whether it's his calm demeanor, you know, just his mental fortitude, all of that. There is real valuable and, and, and uh, you know, valuable, what do I want to say, tangible Intangibles. And intangibles. Tangible there. intangibles. Tangible intangibles. I like that. <laughs> there is with him, though. Um, and uh, it was a good win for them. But, but yeah, I, I do worry about the Eagles' defense a little bit. Uh, he's just so laid back as Jalen Hurts. Fourth quarterback in NFL history with 150 or more passing yards and 150 or more rushing yards in a single game. Michael Vick did it. 
Colin Kaepernick did it. It's pretty Lamar funny. Jackson yeah. did it. Right. Now Jalen Hurts did it's it. It's so funny to think about it, too. Like I said, it's the ease in which it was done. With Colin Kaepernick and the 49ers, we had never seen anything like it. And I, don't, I guess now, just to see quarterbacks run for 100 yards, we see it so often, it doesn't really like pop as much. So Yeah, to lead their team in rushing is not that not big, big of a deal. Not big of a deal. Right, yeah. right. It's, it, and, and, you know, I mean, I, I guess 150 is a different stratosphere, really. You might have yeah. quarterback that runs for 100, 110, 120, but 150 is a different stratosphere. And, and like I said, too, you know, again, the, the bind they put you in with having to play man-to-man and do that with A.J. Brown – his ability to throw the ball, you know, he's great at, as I've always said, go routes, back shoulders, right? Like the touchdown we saw right before the half, I believe, to Quez Watkins. Is that the one I'm thinking about? I think it was on the right sideline. You know, just has a great feel of, oh, wait, the defender's in front of him. I won't lead him. I'll kind of leave it behind him. Oh, wait, he's got the defender beat by a little bit. I'll throw it out there and let him go get it. That's where Hurts has real value as a thrower to me. Um, but, yeah. but I will say, you know, there's still throws with him and things where I go, when they if they got to play the 49ers, you know, if they got to play the Cowboys again, and they slow down some of those other things, and now, hey, you got to jam a ball into a cover two window. And do, do, do I sit here and go, oh, don't worry, he's going to pass that test with flying colors this year? No. And and I know I'm not alone in that thought. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people don't want to say it. People are scared to talk about sure. Jalen Hurts. But just one thing that I certainly look at to evaluate as we go here. Yeah, probably not every game they're going to run for 363 yards, which is the most in the franchise history since 1948. And we all know how good that team was in 1948. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how could you forget the yeah. 48 Eagles? How <laughs> yeah. could you forget it? Yeah, the the brotherly love bruisers. I think they were called back in the day. They're just the bruisers. They'd run over everyone. They won the championship that year, Pete says. Wow. He's a historian. Wow. He is a historian. I, it is ama- it's amazing, and I've never what, seen a team rush, r- rush for over 350 yards Crazy. and make it look so easy in my life. Aaron Rodgers, it's looked very hard for them, so we want to talk about him before we move oh, yeah, on to duh. our next game here. Right. So Aaron Rodgers, uh, Coach Magnet, has tweeted into you and says, thoughts on Jordan Love's performance. I know it's a small sample size, but it was promising. Seemed to give the team a bit of energy. So it looks like, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, we don't know for sure. Yeah. He looked in some pain. Right. And I would guess he's going to at least miss a week. No doubt. Or two. No doubt. And they got some tough games. Yeah. If they don't win both those games, they're out of the playoff mix. And so this could be the Jordan Love show from here on out for the I rest of the year. I would not be shocked. You know, I, I don't know if you heard me on the Peacock postgame show, but I certainly kind of said those same things, Ahmed. I was a little bit like, eh, there's a chance this, is, this, this could be it forever. This could be it for the season. And I don't know. Who knows where Aaron Rodgers? I think he's a wild card right now. And I, I, again, I don't think he's like Brady. He's not the kind of guy that's going to be like the 21st best quarterback in football and still want to play. Or like even – I think even out of the top 10. I think if he got out of the top 10 and he was like, whoa, I'm kind of in the middle of the pack. Yeah. He's got like too much pride in his physical gifts to keep keep playing, right? So I do not think he's a guy that's just going to hang on just to hang on. You know, and, and but I don't see him even going to another team. I, I don't know it's if I do either. I don't know. That. You know, last year, of course, the opportunity was there, and it, it's yeah, he couldn't pull the trigger there. Now maybe he gets to a point here where he just goes, okay, it's 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 over in Green Bay, and they need to start a new era now. And maybe I do need a little refresh for a year or two. Mm. I mean, I I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if like they got to February, they had a sit down conversation. They were like, you know what? Let's let's try to work something out and move move different ways here. Now his contract's going to be an issue for any trade, but back to the point of, you know, with Rodgers, 
you know, did some good things last night. We know that. You can still see the ball comes out of his hand a little funny at times. And I, I do think that's an issue. But you know, even just the you know, the interception down the middle, misreading the coverage a little bit where Blankenship got it. Yeah, those are things we have not seen him do. But I would be scared, you know, to your to what you're saying, the oblique. I don't know, have you ever had an oblique injury? No. Yeah, oh it's it takes a while. It's it's you know, you see baseball hitters get it a lot, yeah. right? Because of the torque. It's definitely a quarterback injury because again, it's just that torque, the twisting all the time. Yeah. And he seemed to indicate it was more ribs than oblique, but maybe it's a little well, combination we'll of see. both. Which we'll is see. Bad. Well yeah. what happens too is that oblique is like kinda connected to the bottom part of the rib. So sure. when I had it the, the first time, that's why I kinda like when he was started talking about like I wanted to make sure it was a crack rib. I the first time it happened to me, I thought the same thing. I was like I don't know. I was like all uncomfortable. I had thrown a pass and I was like, I don't know if I cracked a rib or what. Like, it hurts when I breathe and like you start yeah. to feel that. And that would scare me if he's got like that little point of where the muscle connects with the bottom part of the ribs. That could take a long time and they're done. It's over. It's over. So if they, if he decides, hey, I'm going to sit out the next two weeks and reevaluate and see where it goes from there and I'm done for the year, I would not be shocked. But Jordan Love. Look good. He looked pretty good, and he almost looked like Aaron Rodgers right away. Like, one of the first passes he threw was a little flared out to the flat, and it was like the same little, like, floppy elbow. Oh, he's elbow. got the same body mannerisms. language or mannerisms. It's almost he does. like he watched him now for, what, three years? Yeah, right. He's like, I will become him. You start to imitate him. You yeah. start to go, oh, wait, his mechanics are kind of good when he makes his throw. Let me yeah. kind of do what he does. I got McAfee coming up this week now. It's like uh, he's probably preparing uh, for that. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> right. I got to do that in this place? Wow, this is a busy week. <laughs> but he did look good. He did. And, you know, again, of course, you know, the little play action touchdown pass, put it on the money, let the guy run. You're seeing the talents of Christian Watson, uh, you know, Christian Watson. He's he's real. Yep. He really is. But uh, I, w- I would not be surprised if we saw Jordan Love for the remainder of the year. I, I, I'm more interested in that. I'd be more interested in watching the Green Bay Packers play with Jordan Love the rest of the year. Yeah, right? would you? I mean, let's see what yeah. they, let's see what yeah, they sure. have. Look sure. pretty good from the small sample right. we saw. Let's see what they have the rest of the way. If it goes well and then he plays good and like, no, yeah, that, whoa, it looks good. That would be interesting too. Gives us something to talk well, about. Maybe in the Green Bay would be willing to. Okay, wait. Do you want to get traded? Do you want to go somewhere else? Yeah. Maybe that happens. Um, but but we'll see. But either way, Green Bay put up a good fight. Not in the same class as the Eagles, and the Eagles are ten and one. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait but marines will always be there they are the constant in the chaos no matter the battlefield marines adapt to win defeating every shifting threat protecting our nation's future the few the proud the marines it always gives us something to talk about when the backup quarterback plays maybe better than the starting quarterback which is what happened with the jets and bears right not look for the you, Bears. Look at you grinning over here. <laughs> so we're going to ask you to stand up and yeah. uh, leave for probably 10 to 15 minutes. Morgan's going to come Why in here Why would you want that? You know I'm going to give a damn honest, honest, like, assessment here. So here we go. Mike yeah. White. Damn yeah. okay goes to Mike White, by the way. Sure. We're giving it to Mike damn. White. Damn okay. It was yeah. amazing. He played great. Most first half pass yards, 235 by a Jets quarterback since Chad Pennington. Whoa. In 2006. People were saying that during the game. They were like, man, this is as good as Chad Pennington in 2006. <laughs> uh, first Jets quarterback back since Ken O'Brien with multiple games of 300 or more passing yards and three touchdowns. People are saying that, too. Man, this guy's like Ken O'Brien out there. Don't laugh at Ken O'Brien. He was a hell of a <laughs> he player. Was, he was good right back in the day. So was Chad Pennington. How okay, dare you? All right, they were good. 
Um, Damn Lions fans giggling at the Jets over here. <laughs> so he was good, and I'm sure I didn't. I didn't dare go in there. You've been a, a staunch supporter of Zach Wilson. Sure, you, you know it's yep. it's been tough defenses that they played, which is true. Uh, it's an offense that hasn't really clicked, and there's not a whole whole lot of talent around it, which is very true. But Mike White went in there against a Bears defense. And looked really good. Yeah. And made all the throws right. and made the plays. Maybe yep. it wasn't the greatest defense out there, but he made the plays right. out there. And Jets fans are loving it right now. Your honest and fair assessment of what you saw from Mike White on Sunday. Well, uh, he played really well. There's no, like, uh, you know, I'm not there, – there's nothing you can say negatively. He did a great job. You know, the offense did have flow. He does have a natural feel for the game. And do I look at that and go, yeah, is that something that he has over Zach Wilson? Certainly. You know, Zach Wilson, I think, is a little too into, you know, how the throw looks and stuff like that maybe at times. And and I, I think Robert Sala referenced that. But, you know, White, yeah, was in control of the offense. I thought for the rainy day, controlled the football really well and did a lot of good things. So, like, all that, again, I'm, I have nothing negative to say. My negativity about this situation is the situation itself and how – the Jets handled it. That would be the thing that I worry about. And I don't agree with the decision to bench Zach Wilson. Not at all. And I would sit here and probably tell you that I think it's, there's a good chance that, you know, we just talked about Aaron Rodgers. Maybe not, I wouldn't be shocked if Zach Wilson said, see you later to the Jets. Or it just doesn't work out. I, I would not be shocked. If, if I'm Zach Wilson, I would be thinking at the end of the year going, eh, maybe I'll just go somewhere else. Or you guys get rid of me. It's, it's all good. I mean, that, I think that's fair. And here's my my two cents behind this. Again, all right, so this is – I don't even know how I want to really orchestrate this, but I think this is where I'm going to go. Do I think Zach Wilson could have played that well yesterday? No, I don't. I, I agree with that. I still think Zach Wilson's top-end potential is greater than Mike White's. I still think that that was a game where if Zach Wilson played, they would have won 28-10 to 10 instead of 31-10. to 10. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Maybe his stats, like, wouldn't have been 300-plus yards and all of that. Probably would have had a few more eye-popping passes where, you know, whoa, whoa, that was, right? So I understand that. But, but to me, here's my big point of the whole thing. You've gone 5-2 and two with Zach Wilson, who had to play the seven craziest fucking defenses in football. And he battled through it, and you went 5-2. and two. And I know it wasn't all pretty. I understand that. He's still a young quarterback. You obviously believed in him to draft him at number two. He didn't do training camp, as we talked about. He missed the first few games of the year. You should have been 0-3 without him. We know the Browns fucked it up and gave you a nice little win. Okay? So now you go 5-2 and two with him. And, yeah, he's learning the game, and he hasn't been perfect. This is the game you let him play to gain more confidence. The Bears' defense stinks as of late. They're stink. They've given up on the year. So And not only do they stink – they were missing their three best players yesterday. I mean, so that's where I go. This is a game where you stick with your franchise quarterback and let them now, hey, whoa, hey, look at the throws and plays, and we got the offense back on track. It would have been a get-right game, most likely for Zach Wilson. That's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, why wouldn't it have been? 
I mean, again, this is where I, people go, well, most likely or might have been. I, you mean the guy that beat the Bills and the Packers and all the, like now all of a sudden, well, most likely he would have beat the Bears. Like that's where I just like, I get annoyed with that a little bit. Yeah. And I don't agree with it for the future of the Jets organiza- organization. And I hear people say, well, maybe they made this decision for now. Right, they had to do what was best for now. They would have won this fucking game if we if we put a lot of people at quarterback yesterday. They're in a different class than the Bears right now, and especially without Justin Fields. So that's where I don't like the decision. But I don't want that to take away for from Mike White and what he did, and that's great. But I am interested in where this goes with the Jets and Zach Wilson because I think they have this is they've messed this situation up now, and they let the fan base, in my opinion, and the New York media kind of control them here in the situation. So here's a question from yeah. Derby Obachter, yeah. kind of along those lines. He right. goes, damn okay, Jets offense. The contrast between the ineffectiveness of the Wilson-led offense and the way the offense hummed with White at quarterback was obvious. Now, given the performance and the reported preference for him in the locker room, do you think we will see a switch back at quarterback no. anytime no. soon? No. What are they going to do? Mike White, now you're going to play them? Now he's going to play the crappy Minnesota Viking defense this week who can't defend the pass and put up good more good stats? And then we're all going to look at it and go, well, yeah, we're going to bring back Zach Wilson. Like, please, we get bullshit. Get the fuck out of here with that. There's no way that's going to happen right now. There's no way. Now, here's what I want to say. Like, hey, he did great. He, he did. He ran the offense. He did all the offense looks easy when you can run the ball at any time you want and you're protected. And, hey, we got the ball back. They're, they're off the field again. We're staying in rhythm. I mean, everything played in favor of Mike White in this game. Zach Wilson hasn't had the opportunities and got to play the teams to to benefit from that. So that's where I just don't like it. But, I, again, I don't want to take away from Mike White. I'm not yes. trying to be a hater on Mike White at all. He played well. He played well. And Mike White has some things about his game where I look at him and go, he, he, he could be a starter in the league in a lot of ways. You know, and, his and, passing chart right here, he didn't throw the ball that far down the field. His average depth of char- uh, target was 5.8 yards down the field, the third lowest of any quarterback this week. But this is what I'll say, too. Yeah. And we've talked about this before. Right. If you're a high draft pick, yeah. you get the benefit of the doubt, yeah. and you get a little more run right. than maybe even you should. You get right. a little longer leash, right. right? And so Zach Wilson does have the benefit of that. Yeah. Here's Mike White, 27-year-old, spent a couple years at South Florida, three years at Western Kentucky, was drafted in the fifth round. He's getting some run now. And no, he didn't have to face those tough defenses yeah. that Zach Wilson right. had to face, but he also didn't have the opportunity yeah. to, to play against those and sure. maybe impress. Yeah. Right. And so this is his chance, yeah. right? And not a whole lot of fifth round picks, twenty seven year old quarterbacks get that chance. And yep. so I think a lot of Jets fans out there are like, This is his chance. He's earned it. He deserves it. Zach Wilson hasn't blown the doors off with anything. And so let's let's see, let's ride him until he messes up and, sure. and looks like Zach Wilson out right. there. And so I, I think there's a part of me that's happy to see a fifth round guy get his chance. I, oh, I hear you there. I, I mean, it's a guy that seems like he's done everything right, and he's a good dude. I've, I've been around him a little bit. I mean, it, it's, it's, he's a guy that I'm sure the locker room likes, you know, and, and I understand that. Now, what I will say to our, our question here, right, that the one thing that probably concerns me more than anything is, yeah, you could see that, like, Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson were happy to have Mike White on the field. That makes me believe that there is – some sort of friction or something maybe there. Or like Zach has not connected with those May- guys. Maybe, right. Which, which is part of the job. Yeah. Right? I mean, you know, is. as an NFL quarterback. 100%. Right? Those are your weapons. You can't, you, you can't discard those guys and bring sure. in guys you get along with better. It's like it's your job, right? Yeah. Am well, I wrong there? You're, it's your job to get along with the It definitely is. Weapons. Yeah, you don't have to be best buddies, but, yeah, you want to have some sort of camaraderie and connection there for sure.
And that seems off a little bit. It does. I, so that where you know, again, I don't know all the answers to that. I, you know, have known and talked to a lot of people within the Jets organization over the last year. I've never heard them say the people team doesn't love Zach Wilson. I mean, that, that's where I would just be surprised. But maybe when it comes to those two people and the fact that they didn't get the ball through that winning streak, you know, that's where they start to hold it personal maybe to the quarterback a little bit too, a young receiver. And they start to blame the quarterback and they think it's personal like, oh, he's not giving the ball where, no, he's just a young guy who's playing some good defenses and, and probably, you know, didn't give you the ball all the times you should have, but he's learning just like you have because I've seen you guys mess up routes that you weren't supposed to run either, right? So that's where, you know, but I'm like – I. I don't know where this goes, and I don't see how Mike White won't be the starter going forward. And I don't think this is an easy one to repair for Zach Wilson going forward. I don't. I understand Zach Wilson being very disappointed here, and I, I think the Jets have made, you know, made a messy bed for themselves in this situation. Well, their defense is going to keep them in games, right? Yeah. And so that's the if yeah. Mike White can hold on to the ball and not make the big turnover, which Zach Wilson actually did a pretty good job of in a lot of those games that they Just won. Just the two losses, right. The Jets have held six of their last seven opponents to 17 points or fewer out there. So if you're the Detroit Lions, you go, hey, we'll give you, Jets, a second-round pick. All you got to do is give us Zach Wilson. I do think it's kind of interesting because there are a lot of teams yeah. that you know of. Yeah. That liked Zach Wilson, yeah, going into the draft, right? That probably still could use a quarterback in their their future franchise quarterback. So if they feel like you do, like a little bit of a messy situation, yeah, he wasn't as bad as it looked. Hey, they were I, in a tough spot because they're a playoff team now. I don't know. I mean, I'd be interested too. It depends on how this year finishes out. It really is. But I, I think the Jets, and this is something to watch for. Yeah, I don't think it's, you know. As we sit here right now and how the situation was handled and all of that, I just look at it and go, I could see things getting messy between both parties after the season. I could. I wouldn't be shocked. I really wouldn't. All right. So that was uh, Morgan. Thank you for that. Uh, You can go sit down. Chris comes back in here. Um, One more thing I want to say about this. That's right. Yeah. I knew there was one more thing. I pulled the (laughs) Columbo. I pulled the Columbo this time. There are some people out there now saying that, Zach Wilson hoodwinked everyone out there, draft evaluators, teams, GMs, based on one throw at his pro day. Yeah, that's Remember stupid. that throw? He that was already throw. in the top two conversation before that throw in the pro day. Right. All right. So come on. People just latching on to bullshit on social media. You know, that, that's, that's where you got to go. And yeah, I, listen, it's a great conversation. It really is. You know, like I even see here, we had a question here by at Compass Traveler, right? You want to do that one? Well, yeah, just read that. All right. You know? Compass Traveler. Says, I know Mike White was versus the Bears defense, yeah. but watching him in Geno Smith makes me think. Is there re- real value for a young quarterback to learn a system and develop on the practice field instead of the pressure of being a starter right away? Well, you know, there is value to that. There is. I, I think still think there's great, greater value in being on the field and learning that way, as you know. I'm unless always it goes a believer like that. that. Unless it goes like this right. for Zach Wilson. Right. You know, yeah. It's, but. it's, um, you know, Geno Smith, it's, it's been a long time. Geno Smith has gone beyond practice field. This is, this is 10 years later, so it's not a development process for him anymore. Yeah, there is value to that. I, I understand that. But I think there's more valuable, valuable playing. And I think, again, that's where I argue. And I know that's where like, t- Tony Dungy was on my side a little bit, too. If you're trying to build a culture and something for the future, you stick with your quarterback through those lumps right there. And you just keep fighting and going through because you would have got the win yesterday and you would have gone, hey, I know he didn't play good against him, but look, he played pretty good yesterday against the Bears and we're 6-2 and two with him as a starter and we're going in the right direction, 
right? So that's where it just upsets to me future plans, everything, and you know that's where, like I said, I'll have my popcorn to be ready for for after the season. I yeah. have a hard time believing that it's going to ever go back to Zach Wilson this year. That's it. We've yeah. seen the we've seen the last of him this year and maybe ever. So they got the Vikings. They got who, do you know who they have after that? Do we have their schedule? Yeah, yeah I did. I, I think just it's kind of interesting. Just Here we to go. See Vikings, when it could go Bills, south. Lions. Ooh, Bills. Right? So they're so they're going to play. Three out of the four like worst pass defenses you can fucking imagine here, and Mike White's going to get to play them, mm-hmm. right? The Bears, the Vikings, and the Lions, right? So that and he's going to get to end the game against end the season against the Seahawks, another horrible defense, right? You know, so uh, you got the Jaguars, where we know that's a pretty good defense talent wise, and yep. maybe pause, you know gives them some issues, but yeah, all things there speak to me of a guy that I go, oh. Well, I don't. He's going to put up good stats against those teams, and he's going to start a playoff game. Exactly right. And then your number two pick will be ruined, and you've ruined the situation. The Jets will have nobody to blame but themselves. Will be fascinating. And that's to fine. Watch I mean, that's way. fine if they're comfortable with Mike White going in the future. Then that's cool too. That, that's it's not wrong if that's where they're comfortable. Or Aaron Rodgers. It all comes full circle. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen this the season? Other but we're in the middle of this season right here. Yep. So big win for the Jets there. Although that was expected. Big win for the Eagles. Although that was expected. This next. Next one, I think, might have been the best win of any team. I, to me, this is big day. time. Yeah, the Bengals defeat the Titans. The big play, Bengals, twenty to sixteen, a gutty win. We're going to give the damn okay to Mike Hilton, seven tackles, four, which stopped Derrick Henry for one yard or no gain in this one. Uh, Derrick Henry, he had that one long pass reception where he fumbled, and then yep. Traylon Burks uh, recovered it in the end zone. But you take a look at uh, what he has done. Those of you watching on Peacock and YouTube, if you're listening, I'll describe it to you. Rushes per game, the first uh, 11 weeks, 23. He had 17 this last week, and on the ground, just 38 yards against the Bengals. So they bottled him up, 2.2 yards per carry, and no touchdowns for, for Derrick Henry. They protected Joe Burrow yes, on they the did. offensive side. Yeah, yeah. And so an offense without Joe Mixon, without Jamar Chase, scored right, enough right. and contained Derrick Henry. That's a solid win for yeah, the Bengals. A big time win. I think you said it. To me, this was the marquee game of the day yesterday. And yeah, Cincinnati, to me, just they answered some questions again. It's where I start to go, oh, the offensive line's turned the corner. They have. Not that they're great, but you know, they're they're playing good enough to where, okay, we do have to worry about the run. And it's just not a free-for-all around Joe Burrow. He does have time you know, to make throws and do things the right way. And then, you know, you said it gutty. That's how I kind of, like, look at it, too. It just, there was a lot of, hey, people around me, we got a five-yard completion. People around me, I got a six-yard completion. Okay, we're in a good spot here. Oh, wait, now there's a chance for me to strike downfield for a big play? I got one-on-one outside because I've, you know, found the little dink and dunk spots in their zone, and now, oh, man, they're sick and tired of me kind of gutty in and out here and trying to get those completions. Boom, back shoulder. Boom, go route. Uh, and, And then, you know, what on the defensive side of the ball, the Bengals are just ultra talented at all three levels. That's where I come back. And then with the DJ Reader being healthy and Hilton being back healthy, it just changes their defense. You know, you see they're they're a tough matchup for the Tennessee Titans. They are. There's a reason they've beat them the last two times they played. In fact, the last three times they played. Because I, if I remember correctly, Joe Burrow beat him before he hurt his knee his rookie yeah. year, right? So, so they are the only team to beat the Titans three or more times and remain undefeated against them since Mike Vrabel was hired. See, it's, uh, there, so there, there's a there's a there's a there's their kryptonite right there, mm-hmm. a team that can stop the run 
and they don't have to go like crazy all out to stop it, right? To where it's like we saw in Green Bay. Now it's like Traylon Burks is on an island and it's just bombs everywhere, right? You know, so they didn't have to go all out there. And uh, then I think the other thing that just gives them problems is, you know, Burrow and just his ability to, you know, oh, wait, it's a crazy zone. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to find a completion. No, it's a crazy zone here. Okay, completion. And he can kind of pick them apart that way. And then, of course, he's an assassin when he gets one-on-one coverage. But, uh, yeah, that was a really big win. And it, it to me now, I put the Bengals in that team of, okay, I'm not maybe going to say they're the, the Bills or the Chiefs, but – they're they're trending in that direction where I go. They're in that next class of teams right below them and starting to look like the team that went back to the su- or went to the Super Bowl last year. One through six is starting to look like that in right? the AFC, right? where you're like, man, I would not be surprised if that team was in the Super Bowl or won the Super it, Bowl. Right? I mean, one through six, I really exactly right. I, I think you said it right. One through six, I went. I just go. Oof. I mean, damn, all those teams are good. I could see any of them in the Super Bowl. I really could. And Cincinnati, if they can protect like that with Burrow and just give him a chance and Jamar Chase gets healthy, the way that defense plays, yeah, I think they could, they could have a say again and maybe upset an Allen Mahomes championship game show, uh, rematch and, and things like that because they just they got it all. They're really not a weakness in their team when their O-line plays the way they did yesterday. Yeah, they're 5-0 and are the Bengals this season when allowing two sacks or fewer. Just allowed one sack yesterday against a team that they allowed nine sacks to in the divisional round last season, a game in which the Bengals still won. Yes. So they can even win when not protecting Joe Burrow. But that seems to be something they've shored up. Yeah, they've shored it up. I feel like they're protecting up. him They've a shored it up. Better. And in that playoff game last year, too, you know, even they got physically dominated. The, the, thing that, the biggest thing that helped them was Tannehill and the three interceptions. Yeah. Yesterday, Tannehill played good football, right? So they, you know, they had to play. A, they had no advantages here as far as turnover, short fields here. They had to earn it, and I think that's you know the difference between last year and this year. And we'll see. Again, I, the Tennessee, you know, I'm a believer in them, and I do think that. You know, we're seeing two weeks in a row here, Traylon Burke starting to come on. Maybe they're starting to find a guy here that can, you know, take some pressure off of the, pa- the run game on a consistent basis and, and make them a little more balanced that way. Yeah, they did have the error, the mental error by Kevin Strong at the end of the game, the Tennessee yeah, defensive tackle. Yeah, it's just shocking to see that. Hit the log snapper on the field goal. Yeah. I was dying to see. They still would have needed to come back. I know. I wanted to see, you know, Tannehill and company have the ball with a chance to to try to go win it or whatever. But Kevin Strong robbed that from us. You don't see Vrabel do that very often. Lead Papa says, damn okay to that Burrow and Higgins combination. T. Higgins. Not a Bengals fan, but they are a joy to watch. So it was T. Higgins was the guy, which, I mean, he's overshadowed by Jamar Chase for sure, but. If he wasn't there, I mean, could he legitimately be a team's number one wide receiver? Definitely, definitely. They got two number ones in Cincinnati, yeah. I mean, would he be a superstar one? No, but he'd be, I mean, definite 1,100, 1,200 yard type of guy. And again, that's is where I try to argue with people like, and and I don't I'm gonna go here for but like when people try to go well Gabe Davis Gabe Davis of the Bills look at Josh Allen and I want to go Gabe Davis is not even the same class as T Higgins T Higgins is a guy like when it's one on one you got to go uh oh like we're taking a chance here even when you got Xavier Howard on him against the Dolphins whoever and he's got tremendous size and then he's faster than Gabe Davis and and he's a pretty good route runner and he's you know pretty good after the catch he's got it all. Uh, they're they're going to have to juggle some things around here to pay him and then have to pay Jamar Chase in a few years, too. Here come the Cincinnati Bengals. Here they come. The big play Bengals now at 7-4. and four. 
Over in the NFC, here come the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, sir. They've been coming for a while now. Damn okay. We're going to give it to a coach, D'Amico Ryan. I love it. For the 49ers, the defensive coordinator, they shut out the Saints. 13-0 was the final score. It is their sixth win this season by 10 or more points, most in the NFL. They don't have a great offense. It's a lot due to that defense. They have outscored opponents 57 to nothing in the second half during their four-game win streak. So they have not given up a point in the second half in the last four games. They are doing it all, and they're even doing it all, Chris. A little bit shorthanded still. Yeah, That's the crazy thing. It about is a crazy, right? Right. I mean, their two stud defensive tackles are not even playing. What are they going to look like? You know, I think when you talk about the 49ers, yeah, the conversation starts with the defense. It's the best in football. And best in football. It's the best in football. It is. It is. To me, it has everything, especially when they're going to be healthy. Because to me, they're going to have, oh, wait, you got a big offensive line and you want to run the ball? Fine. We're big. We can, we can do that and stop that. Oh, wait, we're playing, you know. Uh, Josh Allen or a passing offense with a quarterback that can scramble. Okay, wait, we can we have the speed and some guys in the middle that are tall that can tip passes, do things like that. I think they got everything. I do. You know, and then just the little additions of Charvarius Ward to their defense from years past allows them just to hey, we can dabble into man to man and 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 play that. D'Amico Ryan's it's you know incredibly. Um, what do I want to say? Just it's it's it the intensity they play with, the way they attack the football and rally to the football. He's got great creative schemes, you know, and then he's really great in zone coverage. That's where D'Amico Ryan's is great, and the 49ers are great at passing things off. They pose a lot of problems for you, but right now, like you kind of said it, the defense and. They're not even 100% healthy. Jimmy Garoppolo is quietly playing really good football for about the fourth week in a row. Yeah, eight total touchdowns, yeah. no turnovers during this four-game winning streak. He's been really good, and you said it too. It's a 49ers offense. This is where they're scary. Is I don't think they're clicking yet. Their, their normal run game has not become dominant yet. They're still trying to kind of find their way there. You know, they're still rotating a guard in and out of the game a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they're playing as well as they'd like up there. Uh, but either way, when you've got a defense like that and Garoppolo taking care of the ball and just making a big play here and there, they're going to be tough to beat. Yeah, McCaffrey was a little dinged up in the game, too. 11 carries, 32 yards. Elijah Mitchell ran the ball pretty hard yeah. out there at the end of the game. Yeah. So got him some key, key but yards. But he got to hurt again, I think, here. I think he hurt his knee. Right. So, so what's, what's been the key for Jimmy Garoppolo here? How, I mean, is it just a matter of him playing better? Is he clicking with Kyle and the offense? What do you think it yeah, is? Yeah, well, you know, I think the, the, the first thing that just pops to my mind is I just go, like, no dumb stuff. Like, that, just that, that would be the, the, the number one thing. He's always played pretty well, but we've always been like, <gasps> This is the kind of the time of the yeah. game where he throws a ball down the middle into like a crowd of people or does something crazy here. There's been none of that. There's not like been very few plays at all where I go, oh man, there's Jimmy G doing Jimmy G things. That has not happened. You know, and then you know, just I think taking advantage of some of the plays that are there to be had in the middle. I mean, down the field a little bit, and he's just been on the money with balls over the middle in there. So I, you know, again, it's it's just it's just good overall play by him, and I think it's the the lack of negative plays that make things look maybe a little bit better than than we've seen in the past. Rocky Manichetti said Jimmy needed a guy like CMC. Yeah. Certainly helps. Yeah, doesn't and, hurt. Yeah, and, and this is a Forty Nine. I mean, a, a Saints defense that yeah, it's not been its best, but. I think you know by listening, you know, and us, and and if you're listening to the pod, it just there's some attributes to them. They're creative, and you know, they do have some guys that can play some man to man. 
and they got some big dudes up front. Where I, you know, I wasn't shocked to see them give the 49ers offense some issues. It is the first time. Actually, the Saints had had the longest shutout streak of not being shut out in the NFL. It went back 332 games. Wow. All the way back to 2001 was the last time they were shut out. 2001. And the team that shut them out then? I'm going to say the Bucks, The 49ers. Was it really? It's happened again. Wow. Time is a flat circle. Everything repeats. Uh, so, yeah, over over two decades ago, so it's happened again to the Saints. Not a whole lot to talk about with New Orleans now. They're 4-8. and eight. They had maybe, I mean, the, the division's so bad, it's just like just win a couple of these games, but 49ers a better team clearly, and, I don't know. I guess they're still in it somehow. The, the Saints, Saints? I, I guess so. Because the division's so bad. The, yeah, because the the Bucks, right? The Bucks aren't certainly running away with it. But I think we're we're about we're getting close to saying it's over. I don't know. You're right with the way the Bucks are playing, the way that looked yesterday. You know, again, I keep waiting for the Bucks to turn the corner, and I really thought that game in Germany was going to be the moment. But no, the, the Bucks are with the Bucks. That that's it. So we got to stop like going. Oh well, Brady's there and. The magical turnaround at some point. At some point, we just got to go. No, that's the fucking reality of the team. It's it's twelve weeks in, and they're just they're just an average football team. Yeah, that division's yeah. bad. It is bad. There's a division that's a whole lot better. Yeah. right now, still in the NFC, we're going east. The NFC East. If the playoffs were to start today, we'd be scrambling because we're not ready for that. Right? <laughs> we'd have to get people places and set up our broadcast team. Uh, but every team in the NFC East would be in the playoffs. They would make the playoffs. That includes the Washington Commanders. Our final damn okay to give out. Damn. We're gonna give it to Deron Payne. So wow. he there's the a big few guys tip. we could have. We yeah. could. But yeah. he had the big tip at the end of the game. Yes, he did. Had his big mitt on that Marcus Mariota pass that ended up in the arms of Kendall Fuller for the game ceiling interception. Uh, earlier, it was Payne who uh, stopped Patterson on a fourth and short. Fourth and short, right. Near midfield. Yep. And so that defense that still doesn't have Chase Young could see him back uh, next game. Didn't need him in this one. They looked uh, pretty good against a Falcons offense that has done some things throughout the year. 19 13, the final score. Payne had six tackles, two tackles for a loss. Um, they win ugly. The Washington Washington Commanders are. Are you feeling they're similar to Atlanta, except they just have a few more, a little more sizzle. Yes, like they got a few guys that can make a play. They got a quarterback to me that can make a few more plays in the pass game. To your point, because well, I know you're a fan of his. When the game is gross and close, right? You want Taylor Heineke. Well, and there is no more grosser game. Rain and fog I have more and... faith in him to make two or three plays at the end of a football game than I do a Marcus Mariota. And to me, that was a little bit of the difference of the football game in general. I was surprised Atlanta ran the ball on Washington like they did. That was surprising, but I think when you boil it down, yeah, I just look at it and I go, I think Heineke and that passing offense are capable of, you know, just making a few game-changing plays that way. Um, and then even the same, I think you could say, with the defense. The defense just has a little more sizzle as well. It was a really good game. The Falcons, you know, the appropriate game plan as always. But Washington, yeah, with some of the studs they got on the D-line and then – you know, again, another game where I just go, look at the run game and what they're doing there with Brian Robinson. Yep. Um, yeah, the Commanders are they're a playoff football team. And this is not like, oh wow, the 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 floor is gonna fall out from underneath them here down the stretch. Like I'm not saying they're gonna run the table, but they're not a game here where we're gonna go, oh well the the commanders lost by thirty. See, that's really the team they are. They are like they're real. They're and 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 Heineke when he takes care of the football and and plays the way he's kind of been as of late. I mean, really, other than the the Vikings' bad interception there, yeah. he's been damn good. Washington is a team I would not want to see in the playoffs. Their next two games are going to be against the Giants. Yeah, they have the Giants, Giants this week, bye week, bye and then week, Giants. and then the Giants again. Right, 
Right. And, you know, again, I, you know my thoughts on the Giants. They're more talented than the Giants across the board. And I think the way they're playing right now and the way the Giants are playing right now, yeah, I would favor Washington in that matchup for sure. Seven and five right now. You mentioned Brian Robinson. Yeah. 26, or he had 18 rushes in the game for 105 yards. That's amazing. He had a receiving touchdown. He had his first career 100-yard rushing game. And after the game, he was celebrating in the locker room. I don't know if you saw this. A giant Oh, hat. I saw it. So, so yep. apparently this is not a Photoshop. If you're watching on, on Peacock or YouTube, you can see Brian Robinson said his friend has a big hat company. They make these big hats. You know, you've seen the turnover chain, right, and all those things, and Kirk Cousin wearing the chains. I like the big hat. Damn. I hope that catches on. Well, I kind of made fun of it pretty hard last night. On the show? And I feel bad now that it's his friend. You did it on Football Night in America? I did it on Peacock, too. Oh, in front of 14, I did, I think I did it both. million people? I did it both oh, times, no. post-game show and pre-game show. What if, you get, what if you get a note that the company has gone bankrupt because of that now? <laughs> well, you know, there's a lot of things I could say back. But, uh, um, yeah, I, I will not be sporting that. I'm not a hat guy in general. So you wouldn't be an oversized hat and guy. And I'm either. definitely not wearing that hat right yeah. there. No, that, that's just not happening. I feel like that was like somewhat of a – someone tried to make this a style a few years back. Mm. Um uh, interesting. It's interesting. Wow. So here was I did the I did the show with uh, Matthew Barry yesterday. Yeah, the fantasy football I'd like to show. see that. Yeah, right. And right. so he's a noted Commander fan. Yep. Matthew Barry. And so here, if you're watching, here we're our. Th- this is photoshopped. I don't know if you can tell or not. <laughs> but I would have worn <laughs> oh, it if we did tell. have them. Uh, but look at what we're doing. Are you doing it's, shots? It's a whole thing about drinking. That whole thing is about. You drinking. weren't really doing shots. So On the there's air. No way. On Peacock. That's- look at. Look at that. That's we not, have a video. Oh, Look at Not a liar. I'm sipping Let it, a liar. Of. Look at, what is he? He's drinking water. He didn't even make a <laughs> face that's like, yeah. oh, wow, I got to get that down. Because I'm hardcore like There's that. There's no way that Amon Fareed drank at 11 on a Sunday. Yeah. There's no way. I think that, that's... There's yeah. got to be something there. You guys got to put on the bottom there, like, you know, we're fugazis and we're not really drinking here. <laughs> uh, that was water. That w- I will no come clean. Shit. That was no. water. But in my cup there, my Applebee's cup. Yeah, liquor in there? Energy the beer? Drink. Energy oh, drink. energy. Oh, That's you. as hard oh, as I'll go. Well, you know, know you had that. That's as hard as I'll go. I mean, the way you drank the water. Be a better actor next time. Just, like, throw it down. Yeah, you threw it down like you were, like, just a, a steady <laughs> alcoholic all the time. Like, oh, this is just my morning protein shake. I should re- Okay, next time I do the show, I'll react each time yeah, I do it. That's right. a good you gotta, point. You know, squinch the face a little bit. And like, oh, man, that didn't go down easy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, way to go, Washington, though. Way I to go, Washington. I do want to say that. Way to go, Ron Rivera. I've never seen a guy where shit can be more turbulent and you're like, oh, my gosh, it's all about to go bad. And then he writes the ship and we go six weeks later. We're like, they're good. Like, watch out for Washington. Yeah. I feel like this is like the fourth or fifth time he's done this through his coaching career. They're a fun, ugly team to watch. They are a fun, ugly team to watch. And if you're going to play them in the playoffs, you better blow them out because if that game's close, it's late, Heineke magic time. It's Heineke magic time. Did you like time. the all-black unis they wore yesterday? Oh, yeah, I'm I kind of a fan. I like, I like those. Him. Kind of a military feel to yeah, them, which is right. kind of cool. They're the commanders. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
Uh, so those are our damn okays. And now we move into the analytics portion mm. of our show. My favorite part. The bold two-point conversions. It is my favorite part. Uh, these are some good close. I, I love these. What a great day. I'm, I'm beginning to feel like this was one of the better Sundays that we've had so far because these were some great <laughs> I, I love how you're kind of realizing this as we're in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> well, it's just like I was like, all right, here we are in the middle part of our show, usually the bad games. We're like, no, these are all good, too, and good things to talk about. Jaguars defeated the Ravens 28-17 per Elias. Yes. Jacksonville's record when trailing by seven or more points in the final minute of regulation was 0-175 wow. before yesterday. So they needed a guy like Trevor Lawrence to have his signature moment, which you brought up on the Peacock show. Thank you. You said you were waiting. Yep. You said you were waiting for it. You think yesterday was it. I think it was it, right? We've talked about it a few times where I've just gone, waiting for that, like, hey, I'm the number one pick, and I'm fucking going to bring us back and make some unbelievable throws to win the game, and this is why you drafted me number one. He's done everything else. I'm not trying to – I'm just going, this is the one thing we were waiting to see, just some little more wow, a little more whoa. And, yes, that was the moment to me yesterday. Again, because it wasn't like, oh, he threw a slant and a guy broke a tackle for 70. He made, like, big-time throws and big moments. And look at some of the throws on the last drive of the game. Guys are covered. I mean, the fourth and eight corner route on the right sideline. Marcus Peters doesn't really – he plays it pretty good. It's one of those where you go, like, I'm in a good position. I'm in a good position. (gasps) Oh, the ball's – whoa, the ball got by me. Holy crap, he got it here. Like, it it was like those kind of throws. So that's where I love it. To me, you know, that's – that's a culture win right there. These are the games we keep seeing Jacksonville lose, and now this is where a young team can start going, okay, wait, we know how to win. The Ravens came into town. They didn't bully us, and we pulled it out. I, 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 um, you know, I, I've always had a lot of respect for Doug Peterson, but uh, I'm happy to see that for Trevor Lawrence. And, and, again, the Jaguars team that's, yeah, I think more talented than the record, as I clearly have stated all year long, and, and that was a big victory for them. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence led three scoring drives in the fourth quarter. Big. Six touchdowns, no interceptions the last three games. Yep. James Lennox, 19, a listener of the show, obviously, because he goes, damn okay. Trevor Lawrence, you talked about his lack of wow throws, but yeah. this felt like the game where everything clicked and he right. looked like a number one pick. That's if right. he keeps playing like this... What do you think his ceiling is? Oh, well, his, it's, a, it's a great question by James Lennox, 19. I mean, you're, you're right. And he's got the type of ceiling of a top three, four quarterback. I mean, that's, that's his ceiling. I mean, this is, this is a guy that has Justin Herbert-type ability. I don't know if he can quite throw it as great. I, I think, actually, potentially, he has that in him. He's just not the machine Herbert is, right? But I, he is the, he's the type of guy that can be a top-five quarterback for 10 years in a row. I, I, there's no question about that in my mind. So that was, that was really huge. And, uh, you know, to do it, ATN got hurt, right? You know, it didn't seem like yeah. – and, and maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I'm just doing it off my nose. The run yeah. game wasn't working yesterday. No. You know, so that, that's where, you know, it was really big time. And, of course, it was a big game for the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, the other thing I want to say is, like, you know, the the thing is I'm watching this yesterday on play, too, is just go, you know, he went through some lumps and some bad interceptions, and they probably should have won a few games that they didn't win because he messed them up in the end of the fourth quarter. But they stick with him. Jets fans, that's why, to me, this is – that's why you stick with Zach Wilson because maybe three weeks down the road you start to have moments like this. Uh, I don't mean to go back there, but, no. I can't, again, that's – you know, we've come on here a few weeks. How many times in the fourth quarter since it's Jacksonville's not in the media where we go, man, Trevor missed his throw. Or, he, man, he missed some touchdowns. Or he threw an interception. 
and you know WFAN radio and people like that aren't calling and going crazy in Jacksonville like they are up here, and it's just not the same type of pressure on the situation. Yep. Uh, but yeah, Jacksonville, the talent of their defense. Again, this was one of these games where I picked the Ravens to win, but I was you know this is a good matchup for Jacksonville and. The thing that worried me yesterday, and we saw this when the Ravens struggled early in the year, when they don't have a traditional running game, you know that's to me one of the things to look at with the Ravens. And when you, and you know me, I'm not a guy that will look at the box score, but if you're watching a game that's going along and you start to realize, wait, the running backs aren't running the ball well, that to me is always where I go, uh-oh. Things are going to fizzle as the game goes because the passing game's not that creative and intricate. We know the weapons aren't great there to where I go, uh, it's going to be hard for them to carry or put the game away just through passing the football or Lamar scrambling. And that's what the game became a little bit yesterday. Uh, They're a different team when they can't run the ball the traditional way, at least a little bit. And yesterday they really struggled there. So they're tied atop the division still. They're seven and four. The Bengals are seven and four. So the two top teams in the AFC North, you know, you know, what's worse than giving up big leads What as a lifelong Lions fan, never having big leads, (laughs) you know, I, I like, honestly, you know, it's like it, I think the big narrative with the Ravens right now is that, wow, what's going What's wrong? And it, it has been bad, right? They've been double-digit leads. It was nine yesterday. But it is it is something to say you've had well, those big leads in these games. It, 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 you're right. It is. It is something to say. You know, again, it's, it goes back to our point of we see them play periods of football where we go, whoa, they look really good and they're controlling the football game. So it shows you their top-end potential. But, yeah, there's some things they got to, you know, refine. And yeah. – no, yeah, it's four losses, and again, we, we, I think we get into it. Uh, the Giants game, they made dumb mistakes at the end. Yep. Lamar with the stupid third and short, the ball snapped over his head, throws Close the ball. Yeah. yeah, that was just, I mean, that was dumb. There's no other way to say it. And then he gets strip-sacked the next play, right? So that's like opportunity they blew. The Buffalo Bills game, yeah, there were some opportunities there for them to put him away. And, of course, had the a little bit of the going for it at the two-yard line, right? He threw the interception. They took the touchback and gave him the shorter field. And then they went down and got the game-winning score. So, yeah, maybe a different approach. And, you know, next time Lamar will learn from that. So, again, yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm not alarmed by yeah. them. And as you know, I think Jacksonville's more talented than people realize. And if anything, when they get into the playoffs and they have a 10-point lead, they're going to focus a little bit more. They've been through it a little bit at this point. Uh, also in this game, we don't want to leave it without talking about Mike Florio's old nemesis. Oh, no. Jackson DeVille. Oh, baby. He was in the news. He was hot yesterday. So apparently in the past. So hot. Want to touch his hiney. <laughs> well, they are in Florida. And so, you know, it's hot. It there, is never know? hot enough to wear that outfit. I can tell you that. So if you haven't okay. seen it, you should go look it up. Jackson, Jackson DeVille. DeVille in a thong? Was wearing a Speedo. A, a, oh, a, Speedo. a USA Speedo. You know, Whoa. USA's in the, in the World Cup right now. Right. They're still alive. Right. They have a chance so to be So he's got the American flag on his junk. I mean, right. the, the the yellow suit, I didn't realize how skin tight it is. So actually, actually Jackson DeVille, he's pretty well jacked. He's a, he's a, fit, he's a fit man I, underneath I, I that costume, so, right? right? I, I, it's, it's more than I would like to have known about Jackson DeVille, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, uh, there's yeah. no doubt. And then the, uh, the little the, the hip thrust there, little pump action. Aru wow. Aru eight eleven so says please please take a moment to discuss the Jags mascot. So many questions now. I guess in the past he has worn a speedo in the past. Oh right, Morgan. We've seen him with a speedo in the past. She oh, confirms that news. God, so. you guys are all over that. So now that the you, you, like you said before, you know, it's Jacksonville. They're not really talked about. Now they're actually getting a little now bit better. Get some so. headlines here. Yeah, that's what they had to do. 
That's what they had to do. A speedo thong for yeah. Jackson DeVille to get us on the on the map here. Do you think he should adopt that as his permanent outfit? No, please okay. don't. No, okay. Let's not scare the kids and let's let's let's. It did let seem a little graphic. It. it did seem like it was beyond graphic. It was way too much for a football mascot. Yeah. It's what you got to do to stand out when you're the Jaguars and no one talks about you. Right. Wear the speedo. I'm okay with that. Uh, and yeah, now we're talking about you. We're talking about the Chargers as well. Another team that went for too late and came back and beat the Cardinals 25-24. Amazing. Uh, fourth win this season after trailing in the fourth quarter for the Chargers. We've seen so many times they blow those leads. They don't win those games. They've won a few of them this year. Let me just start with that, too, because it was the same thing last game. I love the fact that teams and coaches are going for two at to the win end the of game? this game. To win the game. I don't mind this either. I don't to mind win at these. the end of the game. Because I always felt like, or I do feel like now, if you're playing for overtime, you're just delaying losing. You're delaying the outcome. Go for it right now. Well, Win it, or lose at this moment. I think there's there's moments you choose, right? And and, and I think in these two games, I, I understand it. Because the game was one, hey, we're, we're not as good as Baltimore, but we got them on the ropes right now a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we kind of got the momentum. Let's take advantage of it right now and go for it. And we're, we're not going to the Super Bowl, so what do we got to lose? The Chargers a little bit of, they had to play the angle of, well, I, I, I don't, we, can we trust our defense? I mean, the fucking Cardinals ran for, James Carter ran for 100 yards on the Chargers. The Chargers, if the Cardinals are running for you on 100 yards, then you know you're not a good run-stopping defense. That's all I could say. Yeah. So they have to worry about, wait, you know, we didn't play that good, and maybe we were outplayed a little bit here today. And I'm afraid if we kick the ball off to them in overtime that they're going to run the ball and then Kyler's going to scramble for a big run and then throw a ball off to Hopkins and they score a touchdown and we don't get the ball back. I think that's a realistic thing you got to think of if you're the Chargers mm-hmm. uh, and, and just the way the state of their defense. You know, but I will say, them, you know, not a great day, being tough, and the stats won't show this, and, and I know i got to go back and maybe watch this game more thoroughly, but Herbert was phenomenal down the stretch. I mean, I don't know. I just I looked up and again, they are, their offense annoys me because they can't run the ball all that well, and you know they don't throw the ball down the field yeah. enough for me. But damn, I mean, just on on the on, in the fourth quarter, I just felt like every time I was looking over and and watching, I'm going just going, oh, another great throw, ooh, tight window jammed it in there. You know, he was he was phenomenal. It was really about as good of a 35 completion, 274 yard type of game you're going to see. So Superchargers, I'm assuming watches every Chargers game. Yep. He agrees with you. He goes, damn, okay to Justin freaking Herbert it for was carrying like, this absolute pathetic joke of a football team to six and five. He goes, they'd be a 0 and 11 with an average quarterback he is absolutely everything to this team and the only reason anyone in that organization outside of the owner still has a job superchargers tell us what Damn, you really man, think. i like it supercharger you belong on this pod more so, so he accounted for 312 did herbert not superchargers yeah. 312 of the chargers 339 yards right he had a team high 38 yards rushing 274 passing austin eckler uh, the recipient of a lot of those passes so it is eckler and it is herbert basically carrying uh that offense and this one we do have the passing chart had to do it a little bit differently we know he has that huge arm throwing yeah. down the field this one he spread the ball out left and right down the middle of the field not the deep passes but uh but it was effective enough against this cardinals defense and this is he's always effective this way this is where you know you hear me get frustrated they need to he's got this great arm and they don't push the ball down the field and i know injuries are an issue here with them too but it's not in their dna to do it this Cardinals defense and their secondary is good. And when you're, you know, not healthy at the receiver position, 
and you know not kind of hitting on all cylinders there yeah they pose some problems but you know it, it's to my man supercharger's point it just it's it's the placement of the football it's the amount of plays where you go ooh there's really not much there but he kind of put it in the one spot to get a completion that was available I, I think that's what you know is more of like the the amazing thing you know it's different of oh wait the guy threw it low and throw threw didn't throw the ball down the field and it was a lot of underneath throws and it was a zone coverage and guys got to run after the catch and do all that this was wait they're at the eight yard mark they're at the 10 yard mark and they're covered and there's a guy around them and oh he throws it high and outside like the only place he would or low and inside and where the only guy only his guy could get it it's just so many throws like that and um he is the the savior of their team. We know that, you know, but I'll give them credit. A two tough losses and they were staring down the barrel of oh shit, we're about to lose our season right here against the Arizona Cardinals and that's where Johnny franchise Justin Herbert took over. Well, and a hat tip to the defense too because the last four Arizona possessions went like this. 3 and out, yep. 3 and out, 3 and out, two end of game. Yeah, that's a, that's that's big time. Without without those stops, they don't they don't win this I, game. I was, they need every second. I was like a little surprised, and, and not that it was an offensive showing, but I, I guess I was a little surprised at the way Arizona moved the ball on the Chargers at all. I thought the Chargers really kind of matched up. I did not think the Cardinals would be able to run on the Chargers, so I thought, oh, really? they're going to have to throw it. Everyone runs on the Chargers. Well, I know I don't, but the you know the Cardinals are just not a good run team, other than so I just didn't think that was going to be a real part of the show. Yeah. And I thought, well, the Chargers are good if you just let them play pass defense and do all of that. Uh, but the run game put them in some binds, and DeAndre Hopkins is still phenomenal, and Kyler Murray always always finds a way to get him the football. Six and five Chargers on the bubble, just yeah. like they were last year. Yeah, they're on the bubble. I'd like to see them in the playoffs. I I'd hear like you. Well, you. Picked them to go to the Super Bowl, so that's why you're a selfish, biased <laughs> bastard. But win the they're a, they're another team that you know, you know yeah, it's, the AFC is fucking insane. That's it all is. I can say. It's it insane. Is. It really is. You look at it like we said, the top six teams, and then you know seven is the Jets, and eight is the Chargers, and you know, the Patriots. It's just wow. And if they got Joey Bosa back, and they were coming to the town with a healthy Mike Williams and Keenan Allen in the playoffs, right? Man, I wouldn't want to see that group. I wouldn't. You know, there's a, there's a lot of scary teams in the AFC. I, I feel like the whole AFC. I'm like, you don't want to see them coming to town in <laughs> the wild card weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe the Cleveland Browns are still in it. Ooh, as I transition to our walk off winners, probably not. They're four and seven right now, yep. but it's better being uh, four and seven than three and eight, which That's they would right. have been if they would have lost this game to Tom Brady and the Bucks, who now fall to five and six. An overtime win. David and Joku. Man, I saw that David and Joku fourth and ten wasn't catch. That, wasn't that amazing? And I was like, man, that might be the best catch I've ever seen. And I was like, wait, we do that every week. We're just like, oh, that's the best catch I've ever seen, Justin Jefferson. But we've seen a lot of really good one-handed catches in crucial moments, too. It's not just like, oh, wow, middle of the game. That was cool. It was like, without that, they lose this game. Uh, they came back in one, did the Browns. Give credit to Jacoby Brissett, who let's, let's start with his soundbite because he beat Tom Brady. He played yeah. with Tom Brady. Yeah. He knows Tom right. Brady. He channeled his inner Chris Sims after the game, in case you haven't heard. This is what Jacoby Brissett said after their walk-off overtime win. Well, uh, I mean it's in no disrespect, uh, but in the words of Tom Brady, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> that was fucking awesome. 
<laughs> you had to be like a, a proud papa, even though I don't know why you'd be a papa at a Jacoby yeah, Brissett. I'm always glad to see somebody swear in front of the microphone. <laughs> it always makes me proud. Good for him. Good for this offense. Good for Nick Chubb, who they leaned on at the end of this game. Um, uh, good for good for the Browns winning a game that we've seen them fritter away many times. Definitely. I mean, it had a game where you know, you just sat there and you went for so long. It was seventeen to ten, and I kept going. The Bucks will put a drive together here and kind of put the game away. The Gups, the Bucks will put a drive together in here and put the game away. The Bucks will do something here to go up by ten. And man, the defense stood strong. Uh, that's where I guess I'm a little surprised right there. You know, we saw the Bucks kind of get the run game going against the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. I thought they'd be able to run against Cleveland. You know, they looked like they had problems with Cleveland's speed, which is something I wish I would have thought about with the matchup a little bit. Tampa has problems with these smaller, fast defenses like the Rams. We saw them. It's it's an issue for whatever reason. And I just thought they would have a little more success kind of picking apart the Browns in the passing game. But, you know, it was few and far between. They couldn't really run the ball with great success. And I just never would have thought that, you know, the, the Browns would have slowly worn down the Bucks' run defense as the game went along. You know, Jacoby made a play here and there and, and did all that. But in the fourth quarter and everything, it just seemed like Chubb was, you know, found some running lanes and, and really put, a, put the, the Buccaneers' defense in some tough spots. Yeah, and the Buccaneers' offense just not scoring enough points. It's, and it's, so it's putting a lot of pressure on that right. defense. Seven straight games for the Bucks with 22 or fewer for the first time since 2014, 2015. And now Tom Brady has the most losses in a season for him since 2009. And they're not done. They're not done losing games this year. Uh, It it just seems like everything is is so difficult offensively for the Buccaneers, too. It it is. It's just... And does now that, Tristan Wirfs just got hurt, and yeah. I think it's going to be bad. Three it, to four weeks is what we're hearing. Is that what they're saying? Three to four weeks good. of the leg injury. All right. I'm saying good because I thought it might have been longer. I, it was the kind of injury where I thought, uh-oh, he might be done for the year. I, w- I, wouldn't, but I don't know if you saw the play, Ahmed. There was a blitzer jumping up in the air, and the blocker pushed him, and he went full-fledged from like five feet in the air and landed on – Tristan Wirf's left leg. And I thought, like, at first, I was like, oh, no, this might be Joe Theismann. Like, when I saw it, I was going, this might be, like, broken fibula, tibula, like, tibia, uh, tibula. Uh, And I'm glad to hear it's only three to four weeks. But, yeah, they can't run the ball and and control the line of scrimmage there. They had, of course, problems protecting. And and then, I don't Brady's just not – playing very good it's it's the other thing you know i know i know everybody's a little scared to say that at times there's a there's a few quarterbacks in football we're not allowed to say them about and he's one of them but no, you're not allowed to say that about tom brady well, you specifically well, yeah but it's 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 just it's it's uh yeah it's just nothing special right now he's again as i i kind of have said on the peacock show last night I just we've, we've hit this and we're seeing it with rogers too just there has to be a certain support system if you think you're going to win a game and rot brady and going to drop back 43 times a game and make big time plays and throw lasers all over the field right now then you you're not watching football this year i just don't think that's going to happen very often they're leading their division though yeah. they're five and six a half game ahead of atlanta i don't know what to think of them anymore you know, i mean I really it's don't. like one of those where some people might say oh Watch out though once they get to the playoffs. But it's it's very hard to see how that's what I mean. Dangerous. That's what I'm kind of sick of. I'm sick of hearing that. People were saying that before the Rams and Seahawks win, and I was like, I don't know. That's what they kind of are. I think 
And then the Rams game, I was like, oh, all right, well, I don't know. Did they outplay the Rams? I'm not really sure. I mean, they did a little. Yeah, they won. Great. Okay. Seahawks game, I went, okay, that looked kind of good. There were some things there to latch on to and go, there, you can build off that. But then to lay that performance there, you're right. And, you know, there's no team on their schedule. that We have to get over this like, oh, it's Tampa and Brady. They're going to, they're going to, like, there's no team on the schedule here where you can just guarantee they're going to win the football game. You know, the Saints can certainly beat them, the 49ers, the Bengals, the Cardinals the next few weeks. You know, the only team I look at to just go, oh, the Panthers, and the Panthers are, are no cupcake either. So we'll see. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm surprised we're at this point with Tampa. I did not expect to be talking about a loss on yeah. November 28th after they just played the Browns. And don't write off the Browns yet because they now have the rally skunk. They have the rally skunk. Oh, my god! You saw it in the stands there, multiple fans. Like, this was not just one fan. Like, multiple fans were taking videos of this skunk and, like, walking up to it and putting their face in it. I was like, why? 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 Why are you doing that? Like, run the other way. I, I, that, that would not be something I would go, oh, let me go see the skunk and hang out with him. Like, what is it? Like, I don't even I'll know. I'll take how, your word for how it. How do skunks work? So do they, if they spray, do they have have they used their spray or can they just spray whenever? Like, I I think they can spray. I think I think they can spray whenever. Like they got an unlimited spray in there. I think it's a pretty good amount. It's certainly I don't know if it's unlimited cuz part of me was thinking like maybe these fans know he's out of spray. I I and that's I, why they're going up there. I don't think they're that intelligent there. Sorry. Nor the <laughs> So Pete says skunks six. can spray up to 6 times right. per what? Per what? In succession. Wow. So then they got to take a break. They got to take a little break. But once they take 10, oh, 10 to 14 oh. days. Well, okay. Yeah. So you figure maybe these are smarter maybe fans than we thought. Maybe sprayed out. Maybe sprayed out. Go, if you're in a stadium like that, you're probably sprayed out, right? There's 30,000. Yeah. Yeah. Six of us are screwed. The <laughs> rest of us are okay. Or maybe he's just used to a crowd and he knows not to spray too much. Yeah. You know? We just learned how skunks work. I that did. was pretty cool. I was. I'm gonna share that with my kids later. Yeah, on. I mean, oh man, that, that, when they spray, oof. Yeah, wow. you don't want. I, I hate my that. dogs got it every now and then. Oh, it's yeah. the worst, yeah. right? It takes it forever. Even if there's a skunk in your yard that sprayed something in your yard, yeah, you smell it for a for, while for the whole day. Yeah, you do. They go, well, there's one. They got five more left. Stay away. <laughs> uh, the Browns did not stink. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers do pretty much at this point. Uh, the Raiders. Don't write them off yet. Now, you can probably write them off, but, man, that was a fun game against the Seahawks, who now find themselves trying to jockey for a playoff spot here. Thought maybe it was going to be a little easier for them. Uh, they're 6-5 and five now. Overtime win for the Raiders, and the story of this one is Josh Jacobs, of course, the Woo! first player with 300 or more scrimmage yards since Julio Jones did it in 2016. Wow. He got the long one in overtime, in an overtime where the Raiders missed a long kick, and it was like, all right, Seattle just needs to get into field goal range here, 20, 30 yards or something like that. Couldn't do it. Josh Jacobs with the walk-off winner, and now they got an interesting decision. I bet they wish they would have exercised that fifth-year option on Josh Jacobs now because he'll be a free agent, and you need a running back out there, you could do worse. They definitely, you know, probably would have the, the value would make sense as far as being able to uh, you know, have that fifth-year option. Yeah, he's having a hell of a year. Is he it is. him or is it more than that? Well, I think, one, it's a team that's figured out the system. I've seen the passing game kind of expand because I'm sure Carr's more comfortable. As I've tried to explain to people, too, this team was built to play a totally different style. That's why I think we had to give Josh McDaniels a little leeway. And let's not forget, I mean, they were toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Titans and had the Chiefs on the, the ropes and... You know, yeah, they blew some games, certainly. You know, but that's where I just go, you, you stay the course here with them. 
because we're starting to you know bear the fruits of the labor here in in my opinion and McDaniel's again we'll see how it goes and I understand to question him as a head coach I understand that I get that but one thing I don't, I'll never question and we none of us can question is his ability to you know orchestrate offensive football that, that's that's second to none I mean he's one of the most special game planners in the history of the sport and that's not only just pass game and Brady throwing the ball I mean, it's, it's run game and playing power football and doing that as well. And I think that's where they've gotten it down. Um, and, you know, I think Carr is pretty comfortable and, you know, they can run just about any play in the playbook now. And I think the offense has gotten used to how they want to run the football and the schemes they want to use. And I think it's a little bit of everything right now. But they've, they've hit their stride and they put you in binds and they can beat you either way. I think that's the biggest thing. They have, you know, great balance of, whoa, they can tear you up in the pass game if you play too much run defense. And then you start going, let me stop. Devontae Adams It's getting scary. And they can really gash you in the run game as we saw there too. 27 first downs. That was a season high for Holy the Raiders. Cow. 576 yards, 169 more than any game all of last season. So that offense, as it has been most of the year, is very, very good. Um, what does it mean about the Seahawks, though? Because I don't think these teams are that dissimilar, right? The Seahawks defense had been playing a little bit better, had no. not allowed more than 23 points the that previous was, five games. Yeah. That was my point going in the matchup. They're, they're not that dissimilar. It's, it's, this is another one of the games where, I mean, even here, I wrote, you know, I picked the Seahawks 27-24, but I wrote maybe switch. Yeah. It was that type of game to me. Uh, the, so the Seahawks are good, but it's, they're like one of these teams where you look at and go, I go, yeah, you know, they can win and certainly can make some plays, but – Nothing's a guarantee. I don't think they're that dominant for me to sit here and go, oh, win, oh, win here. I, I, I think, you know, with that defense, every game's going to be a little bit of a, a roller coaster with the Seattle Seahawks. They're 6-5 and five right. right now. Yeah. Still did some good things offensively, yep. although that running game didn't get going. No. They had to rely on Geno in the well, passing game. Right. The running game is a little bit of a – people think it's a good running game, and I've, I've tried to explain to some people, it's not as good as people think. This is a guy that – you know, and Kenneth Walker, who can rip off a 20-yard run and nobody blocks anybody, and he still gets 20 yards. And I think people have been a little misled by that to think we're going to get back into, like, Marshawn Lynch beast mode there. And they're, they're not that good that they can just impose their physical will there. Um, but Geno in the pass game, too. First off, Carr and Geno made a number of big-time passes in the game. This is one of the, the most fun games to watch yesterday. And this game was going back and forth. And between the big runs and Carr and Geno making big passes, uh, it, was a, it was a lot of fun to watch. All right, so the Raiders get the win there. Seahawks still in the playoff mix and conversation. Got to yeah, play a little bit better defensively. Yeah, yeah. well, I, you know, this is one of the reasons I talked about it. Like, they're, when they play a team that can do a little bit of both, they're in trouble. Like, you know, teams like, okay, hey, the Rams, you don't have to worry about much. They'll be okay, certainly. And, you know, even against a team like the 49ers, they might be okay because there's not – tremendous oh they can beat you both ways but when they play a team you know and I didn't think Tampa uh, what I'm trying to say here as I'm blabbering is if you can run the ball a little on Seattle it changes them because you know now they don't have great run stoppers or a great front seven and they really got to put people at the line of scrimmage and they're not that great in the back end to where you can just go oh we can stop the pass off of that I guess that's what I'm trying to say after blabbering and stuttering all over myself we got it The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Got and it. now, the final three games. Boom. Thanks to Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. So three games. These weren't the most intriguing games out there, but there are storylines in all of them. And our first game is Dolphins beating the Texans 30-15. to 15. Uh, we did not come up with a headline before this. Whole, we we put you on the spot here, Chris. I like you go, it. You go put this me on the, the way spot. way it used to be. You go, I'll just think of it off the cuff. Yeah, bull crap. There's my headline. Bull crap, because that's what the Texans looked like. Oh, there we yeah, go. I just, like it. They looked well like done. a big bull on the field, crapping all over the place, crapping on themselves, everything. All right. <laughs> I like how you guys are giving me a clap and a good job. Like, oh, look at him. He can do this. This is amazing. Well, 30 to 15 <laughs> did not indicate how lopsided this game was. And no, even, it when it, even when it was 30 to nothing, that didn't indicate how lopsided right? this it game really was. Didn't. <laughs> it really didn't. It really didn't. It's... it's uh, no, the Dolphins, I think, have to start being recognized as one of the best teams in football. I do. Uh, their offense, yeah. the way it is, it's it's kind of an unstoppable force. And the amount of pressure they put on you, it almost changes the way you have to play entirely throughout your whole team. And then the defense, you know, again, it, it's the yards aren't great, but the defense puts tremendous pressure on you too. That's where they're, they really match that way. It's an aggressive, go-for-it style of play throughout the football team with the Miami Dolphins, which is also why it lends them to, whoa, they're up 30 to nothing. Whoa, they're up three touchdowns because you know their defense, they don't play bend or don't break. They're like, you know, either you break or we break. That's kind of what they do. And the def- the offense, it just comes at you in so many different ways. And I mean, I was laughing at one point during the game. If you were in, I was literally going like, look at this. I mean, it's this guy down the middle, nobody in the screen. This guy over here, nobody in the screen. He's running free. He's going here. I mean, they're a lot of fun to watch. Tua was great again. Um, and, you know, I just can't say enough about Mike McDaniel and just the things he does on that side of the ball to, to, to really be creative and, and stress defenses out. Well, yeah, a couple things there. Miami scored on five of their first six possessions, not all touchdowns there. Yeah. They outgained Houston 287 yards to 32 in the first half. Tua, during the five-game winning streak, 11 touchdowns, no turnovers. And so, yes, it all adds up to an 8-3 and three record, the best start for the Dolphins since 2001. And I think, you just mentioned Mike McDaniel. Yeah. I think he's coach of the year. Like, first year, yep. which I think as an added difficulty level. Agreed. Right? Set the culture first year, go in there, learn everything, hit the ground running first year, take nothing away from Nick Sirianni, who I love. I think he's awesome. I love all the emotion he shows out there. But what? Second year for him. They added in the offseason. We all thought they'd be pretty good. And they are. But, I mean, I, I think he's the favorite, Nick Sirianni, right now, if I'm not mistaken, by Bet Yeah, MGM. I think he is the favorite. You're I, right. I, I, I think I – I mean, I, I don't disagree with what you're like saying I like Mike here. McDaniel for yeah. that. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's a lot of questions. Can this guy, this type of personality, do this? You know, oh, he's creative, and we think he's creative, and then he's delivered on all of that. And then the elephant in the room was Tua. And, like, wait. Can we make this work? Can we justify, you know, the top 10 pick and start making him look like that? And, yes, he's done that, you know, with flying colors and given them an attitude about their football team. So, yeah, it's a team that I think we all thought could be good, Mm -hmm. but I don't think we thought it was going to be this good. 
Yeah, I think that's that's the point. And it wasn't an easy situation to take over. You know, the all the Brian Flores stuff and yeah, the Tua conversation. Um but but um yeah, I I I, I tend to think that's a really close race right there. Yeah. I do. Sirianni, I don't want to discredit him either. It, it's not necessarily easy when everybody expects you to be 10 and 1. Yeah, you guys should be 10 and 1 and you deliver. Yeah. There's something to be said about that too, but McDaniel is is right up there with him, Ahmed. You're right. Well, I expected them to be 11 and 0, so they've disappointed me so far. Chiefs have not disappointed me. They did not against the Rams there. This game we thought it would be a blowout. It was a blowout, although not as high scoring as maybe we thought would have thought a Patrick Mahomes offense would be. 26-10 the final score against the Rams. Your headline is Good teams win. Great teams cover, yeah, it was and that's what we saw. Fifteen and a half points. Cover, cover <laughs> was not was not easy, was not pretty, but they did it. Yeah, they did do it. It, it was it was like with against a Rams team that I mean, who's even playing for them? Well, anymore? I I know it, it's um, it, it was one of those games where yeah, it was twenty six to ten, it was twenty to three, and. I don't know. The Chiefs look like they got into like, ah, fuck this. Let's try this. Mahomes got a little careless. You see the Chiefs do this every now and then. I mean, not every now and then. They do it a lot in these type of games where it's like they have a feel of like we're clearly the better football team, and they kind of don't, for lack of a better way to say it, focus for four quarters, and they get the lead, and they kind of just like, oh, okay, we're cool with the Chiefs. It's, it's in the books. And if we got to put the gas pedal back down again, we'll do it. No problem. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there was no – I didn't think the Rams ever had a chance in this football game at any point. I really didn't. It was just mistakes by the Chiefs that kind of let the Rams kind of hang around just for a little bit there in, in the second half. Yeah, they had scoring drives, did the Chiefs of 90 yards, 83 yards, 71 yards. A lot of those ended in field goals, unfortunately, for that offense. Legereus Sneed on the defensive side, seven tackles. Uh, one tackle for a loss, an interception, two passes defense, so he stood out. But so did some of those rookies on that defensive side, which I think is a story going forward, right? That rookie season, the second half of a rookie season. Yeah. Trent McDuffie had a couple pass deflections. George Karlaftis, a big sack early in the game. Sky Moore's coming on. And Pacheco continues to look like the real deal in the backfield. Definitely. And, you know, even some of the other guys they got as rookie secondary players, they do a great job of contributing as well. It's, it's yeah, young guys that are learning how to win. They can depend on them, that's for sure. I will say, again, it. I mean, there's a toughness of the Chiefs that I don't think I've seen them have through the Andy Reid era, and that's because of Pacheco. And, again, to run the ball 22 times yesterday, uh, I mean, that was patience. I was yeah. shocked to see that. And this is still – you know, I, I don't want to take this for granted. This is a Rams defense that's still really freaking good. I mean, it's still one of the best defenses in football. And it's not easy to score touchdowns against that crew down there. You know, they're They're a team that, you know – they're, they can do a lot of different things. They're creative that way. But, yeah, that was a, a, a good win for the Chiefs, certainly. One that they, we expect them to win. They put them away. Didn't play their best football. But that's kind of the way the Chiefs are. And, um, yeah, I just it's, it's amazing. The Chiefs are clearly one of the best teams in football. And I just, it's still shocking to see the Rams kind of struggling the way they are. What I do know at this point, yeah. I will not be calling the big effort the big effort to his face yeah that was the bet remember that was the oh. bet. if the rams made the playoffs right i would have to swear at your father you're safe still mathematically alive though yeah but realistically not 
No, I mean, realistically, realistically not. no, it's not going to happen. Going to have to figure out something else. So. And, I mean, damn, did you see that shot Sean McVay took on the sideline Oh, yesterday? yeah, that's right. Holy crap. By a rookie apparently running into the game who didn't even react. Like, didn't he even was, turn around he and be like, hey, down. coach, sorry I knocked your head off. <laughs> Holy cow, that I was a big-time shot. I know. I wonder if he's, like, black and blue. or I wouldn't be swollen. shocked. That was, like, concussion protocol. Yeah. His head got turned around. Like, you remember when Fabio got hit by that bird on the roller coaster? Oh, yeah. That was a After that, he goes, he goes, that would have killed the lesser man. I think Sean McVay could say that. Remember that? Did Fabio say that? Yeah, he did. He goes, That's that amazing. would have killed the lesser man. That's amazing. That bird exploded. He goes, I don't think I broke my jaw, so I'll be fine. Holy that's what Sean cow. McVay said. Yeah, well, that's Which, a good way to start it off. I don't think I broke it. It's fine. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it didn't look good. Tonight. It's been a bad year. It's been a bad. He he could have been making, what, $20 million calling games for Amazon. Probably should have just done that, right? <laughs> just taking shots <laughs> yeah. on the sideline. Uh, one more game to talk about. Neither of these teams are going to be in the playoffs, but it was a good win for the Carolina Panthers. They beat the Broncos 23-10. to 10. Your headline is? Burn, baby, burn. Ooh, nice. I like it. Burn, baby, burns. Brian Burns has been very good. He's really one of the best pass rushers in the game. couple sacks in this game. He's right. got a sack streak going, I believe. Made um, fun of Russell Wilson at midfield. Oh, did he? That's why it's part of this is, like, he did this – Russell Wilson, like, yeah, move that Russell Wilson's done before. Uh-huh. I'm not really, like, up on this. The young kids are teaching me this. I didn't realize Russell Wilson had done this before. Okay. Morgan was the one that pointed it out to me yesterday. And I guess after he got the sack the one time, he kind of went to midfield and right. imitated this this move that Russell does. So he was mocking Russell. He was mocking Russell. Which you see teams do from time to time. If yeah. someone does the gritty, the other team will do the gritty. Sure. We've seen people do the waddle, right? Yeah, exactly waddle. right. Exactly right. All We've, in good fun. It is all in good fun. You can't have good fun around Russell Wilson. Well, we it's like, not, it, well, it's 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 good fun. It, it's usually like, okay, yeah, you do it to waddle, waddle, score and touchdowns and things are good. <laughs> like the Broncos and Russell Wilson are like going through like the toughest part of their lives right now. Yeah. Russell Wilson's struggling. I thought, and oh, there it is. He did this right here. Oh, right. Yeah, See? where he's got his arms out, turning around. He's like, yep, look at me. Yeah. It's, it's what Russ does before, before the, the game, game with his headphones on as he's meditating. I guess so. Why would you make fun of he's someone getting, meditating? He's getting power from God to start uh, the game. So, so then there was more that happened on the field here too, right? Because it was another bad game for Russell. 19 well, I thought about like making a Russell thing like, yeah. like Darnold dangerous but oh. Darnold like trying to find a way there I don't know yeah. how I would have done that yeah good thing we didn't yeah good yeah, yeah. good thing we didn't even talk about it <laughs> uh, but uh, his own teammates for Russell yeah. are starting to yell at him yeah. and snip at him which we've seen in the past the Seahawks would get into it from time to time but Mike Purcell I think we have the video yelling at Russell Wilson as he's coming off the field which happens right Russ kind of definitely backed down it didn't like Russ was not into well, that, that was, fight that was super aggressive. And I don't know, like, is this like, is this, I don't know the full context here, I guess. Like, what's Purcell? Did they just come off the field and what situation here? I guess that's where I don't really understand that. And uh, to me, you got to be careful here, too. But I, I don't think this is like he's yelling at Russell. He's saying, like, let's go. Like, fucking come on. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think he's like, come on, you suck. Yeah. You guys suck out there. Do something. I don't think he's doing that. I mean, that, that's stuff that 
doesn't go on in a, in a locker room more times than not, and especially when you're Mike Purcell and you're talking about a guy, talking to a guy who's you know been around the league and been pretty awesome. I'd have a hard time thinking he was being disrespectful there, yeah. but it's not a good look, and especially when you're playing like Russ and Nathaniel Hackett and the way the Broncos look all together, I, I get everybody reading into it. So Pete says that this was after Purcell got called for an unnecessary roughness on a field goal, and so maybe field goal attempt, so maybe Russ said something to him. Like, come on, man, can't have that. And Purcell was like, "We can't have what you've done the whole season." I don't know. I don't know. I don't. That's where. That's where. See that? Well, that's where. Writing the script. That's that's an interesting context. So, wait, I fucked up, and now I'm going to yell off, come off the field, and yell at a guy to what? Like, hey, don't fuck up like I just did. Yeah. Like, what? What what are you? What are you doing there? I'll tell you this. This I got to watch the context of that too, because if that's the way that went down right there, then I might have problems with that actually. Well, this is what I do know for sure. Right. Hundred percent. Don't need context. Yeah. Being a Denver Bronco fan might be the worst of any NFL fan base right now. Yeah. They have high expectations. Right. It's bad times. Yeah. It is bad times. It is. And and you know I I do want to give credit here to the Carolina Panthers a little here. Yeah. It's it is bad times and. You know, Russell, not good. We know that. I mean, how many freaking three and outs and ugly drives did they have? Then the Broncos defense bleeding a little bit. I I, I thought they would be dominant enough here to keep them in it. But, man, I mean, we're seeing Carolina and Deontay Foreman, Dante Foreman, like run the ball consistently on everybody. Mm -hmm. And then Darnold, even though it wasn't great, Damn, it didn't look bad. It looked good, and he made some game-changing throws and plays to yeah. to our man DJ Moore. Yeah, the long fifty-yarder. Right, the touchdown in the back of the end zone was look good. Yeah, it was good. So uh, you between know, defense, only, run the ball, and do that, it was, it was a good showing for Carolina. When I looked at it, he's only twenty-five years old. I mean, that's the crazy thing about it. I know. It's like we think like I would have thought Sam Darnold's like thirty-four, thirty-five, getting up there with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> no. He's twenty-five, but he's just been around, played with for a bunch of coaches. So this was. His uh, fourth coach of the year, or I'm um, sorry, of fourth his career win with another coach. Wait, let me let me start that again. Do it again, come on. Can you be professional here? <laughs> this is, give me the headlines. Brought, presented by Hyundai. We're over at we're over an hour thirty here. This is what happens. Sam Darnold gets a win with the fourth coach of his career. Yeah. Can you name the four coaches? That says something. So Steve Wilkes for sure. Yeah. Gase, who drafted him. Gase. Gase. Uh, oh well. Todd Bowles drafted him. Todd, so Bowles, Todd Bowles and then Matt Rule. Oh, duh, and Matt Rule, yeah. Who was the coach right. here before. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that yeah, says he's, a only lot. Been in the, he's been in the league five years. Says a lot. Sam Darnold's story is not over. Sam Darnold still has starting quarterback, like, skills and potential. So, and the situation, as we know, it's it's means a lot. You know, again, this is where the great quarterbacks, the situation doesn't matter as much. Justin Herbert, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, they're going to make just about every offense look good. But the rest of the world, they need a little help, just like we talked about with Tua. Do you do you not think Sam Darnold could be down in Miami hitting wide open Waddle and Tariq Hill? I'm not trying to say it might be better than Tua or anything like that, mm-hmm. but he's never been a part of anything like that. So that's where we'll we'll see where it goes. And good to see him back out there. It's, I'm, I would say for sure it, he earned himself the ability to start the next few games for the yeah. Panthers, at least the next one or two, and we'll see where it goes. But damn, yeah, it's ugly. It's ugly for the Denver Broncos. And um, it's really ugly for Russell Wilson. Never seen a quarterback of his caliber struggle to this extent for this long of a period of time. And that was Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. All right, let's get out of here before I screw up anything else because we're getting to that point. Uh, Bet MGM Parlay Preview. One more game to talk about. Monday Night Football, Steelers at Colts. 
Thursday, Chris, or I, I guess this was Wednesday, Chris. It was Wednesday, Chris. Wednesday, Chris said that the Colts would win by four, 20 to 16. Uh, Colts are favored by two and a half, so you have them covering. I do. And you have the under hitting because the over under is 39 and a half. Um, was uh, Wednesday, Chris, high on stuffing that he was going to eat the next day? Nope, nope. That was a, a logical, that was Tuesday night, Chris, that picked the game. So mm, we, we were clear headed and thinking the right way. Um, Defense is showdown, as we know for sure. We do. And uh, the Colts' defense, I have a hard time thinking that the Steelers are going to be able to move the ball consistently on them. I do. I, I think a lot of this Colts' defense you know, across the board. And you know, to really, we know Pittsburgh, it's going to be short passes, a few scrambles from Kenny Pickett. And can they run the ball a little bit? And I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball. I think they you know, probably will be efficient. Passing in the short game, it's hard to get big plays against this Colts defense. They're pretty good at that as well. Uh, so I, I just think it'll be that type of game, ugly. I don't expect anything magical on the other side. I think there's going to be some issues there. As far as the Steelers, even though it's not a great defense, they're playing a team where, okay, we don't have to like the passing offense isn't scary. We can kind of go a little bit all in on stopping the run game and all of that. You know, this is usually the kind of game where, yeah, they're going to – it'll be Matt Ryan – Getting the ball out of his hand, dinking and dunking, and and we'll see. Jonathan Taylor, I think he is a go tonight, right? I mean, last I heard, I thought we were good to go. Yeah. Where I just think he'll have a solid night, not a big night. Matt Ryan will be efficient, and they kind of win an ugly defensive struggle type of football game. ESPN's loving that. They're just playing that on repeat for everyone out there. It's going to be a struggle. Offenses are going to be bad. No one's going to be able to run the ball. <laughs> Tune in tonight. <laughs> Joe Buck, Troy Aikman. Are you ready well, for some football? The Colts, like, Colts aren't out of this. Uh, Colts win tonight. They're 5-6-1. Five, and five, six and one. And who knows? Chargers in front of them, New Ooh. England in front of them, have no. some tough games down the stretch. No one outside of Jeff Saturday wants the Colts in the playoffs, I think. No, I, I don't either. You're right. It would be like, even ugly. Matt Ryan's like, I'm old. <laughs> too many games. <laughs> That's enough. Uh, the action never stops at BetMGM. You can sign up now using the bonus code SIMS. Your first wager is risk-free, up to $1,000. So say you bet $100 on a parlay of the Colts to win and Jonathan Taylor to rush for 100 yards Whoa. and score a TD. Both? What a parlay there. Yeah. If you win, you'll get $310. Wow. But if you lose, you'll still get $100 worth of free bets. That's crazy. That's the most math that uh, I think Pete has done in that segment ever. It's pretty good. Yep. Well done. Well yep. done, Pete. Simply download the BetMGM app today go to betmgm.com and enter the bonus code sims to make your first wager risk-free up to one thousand dollars and with that we did it we did it we're done sorry that was we ended up going a little longer than i thought i mean i mumbled probably matter. a little too much uh early on in the in the podcast but we got it done and then we went on the thanksgiving tirade but hope everybody enjoyed it yeah um glad to have you here well listen to it you know if you're out there one and a half speed that's what i listen to my podcast is that what people one do and, that's what i do yeah I'd be curious what the homies do. We should do a poll. Right. I know Pete's like that, too. Pete's a one and a half speed. Pete, you're one and a half. You're what? Yeah. He's a 2X? Wow. Wow, I've tried 2X. Man. That's so fast. Yeah, that's, that's, I don't know. I feel like we talk fast, too, so I don't know if you can 
handle two X on us. But let's know. Well, the homies will chime in. All right, let us know. Let us know. Let us know. We'll, we'll do I, I hope they're not playing us on one and a half speed. I hope they're enjoying and letting it just soak in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Spend your whole day with us. All right. Monday. Uh, Wednesday. You know where we'll be here. Break it down. What the fuck happened Wednesday? Treasure hunters. Ahmed's going to be ready. He's digging for treasures everywhere. This yep. guy. He's got his pick out and his hard hat, and yep. he's doing it all. Yep. Keep the questions coming in. Anything specific about something that happened here in Week 12 that you want me to look into a little bit, you know, we'll check it out. We'll answer those questions directly, uh, but we'll do our best to pick the best games, the most interesting narratives, and kind of break them down. We'll have them for Wednesday. And Ahmed always finds a different angle for me to study something new and bring yep. that to the Wednesday podcast as well. Hope everybody's good. Enjoy Monday Night Football. Anything else you want to say on That's the way it. out? Nope. He's good. He's good. Ahmed's good. good. I'm good. Peace out, homies. We'll see you Wednesday. Clap it up. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.